This is the Living Out Podcast, and I'm your host, Darren Steele. I help gay men explore the possibilities of living out the best of who they are. I share stories about social justice, LGBTQ issues, and personal growth as a path for personal evolution and to create a more humane world. So what do we do when the conversation gets heated? Or even before that, how do you engage your critics in a positive way? How do you respond to this online culture of outrage and aggression? Now, this applies to everyone, but one of the challenges I find as someone who's a bit of a provocateur in the gay and queer space is that I am going to sometimes attract very challenging comments from people. And it's always wonderful when I receive a compliment, someone who feels that I've I've touched off a nerve in a really positive way and they've learned something and they've taken to heart something that I've said. When it empowers someone, when it makes someone think differently or see something in a way they hadn't seen things before. But very often when I get a notification of a new comment, whether it be on my blog or whether it be in response to something I've written on my publication on Medium called Think Queerly, and it's usually the latter because that's where I'm going to be a little bit more political, perhaps a little bit more ranty, although my mm, raison d'etre there is much less in your face. And if I'm even going in that direction, I'm actually trying to come from a place of empathy to make my point. I often take a breath before I open up that email that says I have a new comment, preparing almost for the worst. I don't like setting myself up in that mental framework, and I recognize that that is something I need to change for myself and, and, and know how to distance myself from that. But I want to share this very personal experience because it's important for all of us, gay queer, straight, whatever we are, we live in a world where if we share a picture of ourselves, if we share a comment, if we publish an article, if we do a video, if we record a podcast, we open ourselves up to criticism. And criticism, when done well, when done with honest intent, is meant to speak to the message, is meant to discuss the pros and the cons of the message from the person offering the critique. And then that's valuable. That's useful. But so often we don't see criticism. We only get personal attack or we get some sort of dislike or hatred and we get either name calling. And, you know, I... I, I wrote, or I I did a podcast on this way back, episode six, um, which I called Good Intentions versus the Haters. And I listed out three types of online haters. The lazy hater, they're saying stuff that's kind of like nonsensical or meaningless. It's little to no argument. Usually it's no argument at all. It's just opinion. There's no discussion. There's no questioning. It's just them saying, no, you're wrong, this, that, the other thing. 
And the second level of hater is they're angry or potentially bigoted. They're, they're expressing something. You've said something that's that's triggered them, and they think somehow you're responsible for that anger, and they're, they're literally taking it out on you. Uh, they might not be name-calling. They might be. Or they might be coming from a place of um, some form of bigotry or racism or homophobia, which is informing what they're writing. And then there's the worst kind of hater, the, the, the bitter, resentful, they're vile, they're vengeful, they're unforgiving. They're, they're kind of stalking you. They're looking to take you down. They're defaming you. They're accusing you of things. And they're looking to destroy your reputation. And they're, they're the worst of the bunch. I'm a creator. And I work to open up a space to attract other creators in my life. And that space to welcome gay men, queer people, from the whole spectrum of the LGBTQ plus uh, initials. Because these are the people that I want to work with to help them have the freedom to come from who they are on the inside and express that on the outside. And that's what authenticity is, to let out who we are on the inside, to bring our gifts of insight, of understanding, our, our history that has informed us through the experiences we've lived and endured. What I've learned in, and had I've really been practicing diligently in the last six months is to, it's very easy for me to want to get on the defensive and to go on the attack if I receive a negative, defamatory, problematic um, comment or, or criticism in some way. And that's just initial sort of fight or flight, classic protectionist, ancient brain. So now I take the time to reflect and think, is there value in me trying to actually engage this person in a discussion? And how can I approach them so that I might not start by trying to argue their points, I might be asking for further clarification to let them know that I am not taking the same kind of defensive or posturing language as they are, but to welcome them into starting a discussion as opposed to them telling me why I'm wrong or whatever the case may be. And I, I'm, I'm trying then to, without saying it, help that person potentially feel through my questions an experience that might help them relate more to what it is I wrote that triggered them so that they may also see that their initial reaction and, and knee-jerk writing of whatever they said isn't welcome isn't appropriate, isn't going to start a dialogue, that it's actually a tremendous effort for me to try and open up a discussion. It's a risk again, because that person can come back and just completely lose it, thinking almost, how dare I ask them to engage in a conversation? A comment came in on the weekend about an article I wrote called The Internalized Homophobia of Straight-Acting Gay Men. And I wrote this earlier in the year around uh, the International Day Against Homophobia, and Trans, and Biphobia. And I know when, I've, when I read this that I'm coming from a place of, 
I'm showing some upset and frustration with the misogyny, the internalized homophobia, the the othering that happens within our own gay male community when many gay men proclaim their straight actingness at the expense of anyone who exhibits the feminine. But there's also a lot of empathy in that post that I wrote. I know because I read looking for it because when I get a criticism, I think to myself, am I wrong? Did I actually say something in a way that's offensive? Is there something I could learn from this situation? And as a creator, we risk personal attack and criticism. You know, when we expose ourselves through our art or through our words or through our thoughts, we are taking the risk and hoping that someone will value what we have to say and engage us in a meaningful way. So it it can hurt when someone is is callous and aggressive and uses outrage and criticizes you when they maybe don't realize or recognize the intent or the effort and the time that went into the production of the message you're imparting. They're not recognizing your individual character or intelligence or expression or history that you're bringing to the message. And honestly, retaliation in this kind is, is, is weak. And I know that sounds like judgment, but I can only self-reflect because I've done the same thing. I've attacked and I'm not proud of what I've done in the past. And that's why I'm seeking to raise, literally, I raised the bar for myself at the midpoint of 2018 based on something that happened online. <clears throat> and I set the bar higher for myself. And I declared I'm, I'm going to do my damnedest not to play in this game of online aggression. Haven't been perfect, but I have been far better than I ever have been in the past. And I don't want to be seen as the person who feels they need to be right or someone who is unwilling to, to take risk. I'd rather risk this kind of frustration and upset because I know then I'm having an impact, not in a positive way with that person, but if I can bring them into discussion, then maybe, maybe I can figure out where they're coming from. It's, it's worth reading this comment that I got. The comment is, I read your article about how homophobic guys are that say straight acting, etc. I thought it was hypocritical and bigoted against people you don't even know. The article was chastising, judgmental, and you projected all this stuff on people. It just sounded bitter and shaming and hateful. It was just derogatory as the homophobic men you were describing. I wish you well and hope you can get in touch with what is making you have a need to tell everyone how to act and stop sounding so smug about your version of what being gay is. It is your version, not everyone's. Good luck. That's loaded. There's so much in there. And in the work I do as a life coach, in the self-exploration I've done for myself as a human being and as a gay man, I see a lot of blockage in that. I can't, I'm not judging this person. I'm just saying, this is what I'm observing from that comment 
questions I would have if I were sitting down in a face-to-face, amicable discussion with this person to try and understand where they're coming from. I could have just deleted this. Thankfully, this was not someone calling me names uh, because I don't bother interacting with those. But I thought I would try. Now, I've had no response yet. I don't know if I ever will. But this is what I wrote. We could have a conversation about this topic. And that conversation starts with engaging in discussion. This is not what this email is. I'm open to people's points of view if they can critique a point I have made and either offer something I don't know or explain why they believe something I have said is wrong. Your email is an expression of anger, and I have to ask, where does this anger come from? Instead of saying that you thought it was hypocritical and bigoted against people you don't even know, brackets, and by the way, I know many straight-acting gay men, close brackets, explain the hypocrisy. Is it possible that my strong sentiments have triggered something inside of you and how you represent who you are? It really sounds to me that you have more to say or even discuss. But can you start from a place of asking? Can you start from a place of asking? And I'm just remembering remembering a very well-known expression by Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. I believe that's where it came from. And he says something along the lines of, of seek to first understand. And he was telling a story of being in the subway and there was a man and he had two young kids and the kids were running around and screaming and jumping on the seats and making noise. And the man was sitting there not doing anything head down. And his kids were completely out of control. And Stephen looked up and said to the guy, is there, could, could you calm your children down? They're being really out of control. And the man looked at Stephen Covey and said, their mother just died from cancer in the hospital this morning. And it's, whether it's a true story or just a parable, it's very powerful. And it's so easy for us to create a story immediately in our mind about what's wrong with this person. And I just did that, right? If you were really paying attention to this story, I just said, I, I started to create Well, I started to create questions from a coaching perspective, and that's me. That's what I do. That's who I am. But I was really looking to question. I was trying not to have a story. My story could have been, this guy is really a jerk. Who does he think he is? That's me creating a story. Instead, it's like, where is this coming from? And the words he wrote, like hypocritical and bigoted, I'm like, if you use those words against me or on something I've written, I, I am going to go back and look at what I wrote. And I did. I, re, I reread what I wrote. I even looked up everything I have about straight acting on my website and the Living Out podcast right now to understand did, for myself, did I miss something? But I really believe this is a trigger. Because I know how difficult it can be for us as gay men, as queer people, to feel free to express who we are 
who we think we are, who we feel we are, who we see ourselves on the inside, and may not always let out of the closet in different social or public spaces. Because we're protecting ourselves from harm, from words or from physical violence. And so I challenge even, even if it's another gay man who finds problem with what I have to say. And he did not say if he was or wasn't. But for those of you listening, this is me. Take it or leave it. I am open to discussion, to growing, to learning what I do not know, to realizing if I was wrong about something, to apologize if I was, but I am also a provocateur. Some people have said, Darren, I think you're a thought leader. I I find that a funny term because I feel it's kind of hubris when I say it about myself, but I am a queer thinker. I am sharing my thoughts and my personal stories as a way to help other people see how they can live out the best of who they are and, and break free of the bonds of the status quo and the closeted walls that we build up around ourselves that hinder us from being who we are. And my thing is also being gay and being an out and proud gay man and learning more about what that makes me what that makes me as a human being, how that makes me unique and uniquely identified within society and the gifts I can bring from my experience and who I am living out the best of who I am. And honestly, I would not be doing this podcast if I wasn't here to challenge my listeners, not for the sake of upsetting someone, That's boring and that's annoying and that's obnoxious, in my humble opinion. (laughs) But to challenge you to think, to challenge you to think differently and to challenge you to challenge criticism and personal attack, it is a tremendous effort to bridge that gap or maybe not to bridge the gap, but to actually start building that bridge. And I don't know if it's the same person, but somebody else commented on a couple of other articles. It's like, wow, I'm getting a lot of traction on this straight acting article. Again, I tried with this person to open up the door, to ask questions, to really dig more, to get him to share with me what was bothering him so much. And what I learned when he wrote a very long follow-up comment was that he is very closed-minded. And I know that sounds like a judgment, but for me, closed-minded in this sense, he is threatened by diversity. He is threatened by people within the LGBT community who show their difference as people. He is threatened by open expression of sexuality. He is threatened by masculine and feminine in different extremes when they don't seem to fit his status quo, heterosexist, patriarchal worldview. And on one level, that's okay. 
because we're not all progressive. We're not all liberal. We're not all very open-minded. But the door to conversation has been opened. And I would leave you with a challenge. If you work online, if you're a creator, if you're an artist, if you're a writer, if you're a speaker, if you want to be any of those things, what is your strategy for how you will not react, but respond to criticism and the kind of criticism that pushes your own buttons and triggers you and upsets you? How, if you choose to, will you respond in a way that seeks to diffuse this culture of aggression and outrage and mob think and engage? Because that is how we're going to make progressive, impactful, and positive change in our world is to have people who may be at odds with each other to at least come to some point of understanding, even if it's not a complete agreement. may not have to like each other, but you can learn to respect each other's difference of opinion and find some, even if it's one small thread of, of connection. That's one of the things I'll be working on continuously through 2019. As always, thank you for listening. And live out, live proud. And don't be afraid of the critics. Because if you are being criticized and you know you've done good work, then you know you've done good work.